Heavenly Father, I thank you for being in a house, the house of God. It's so, so empowering. Thank you for yet last week's uh, Freedom Fiesta and all the hard work that went into that, all the food. And thank you for all the hard work that goes into our love feast every Wednesday night. Thank you for the living body that's present, pressing towards you. Thank you for what you spoke in my heart to our online family just a moment ago, that we're not to fear, we're to draw near, that there's a place in you, Jesus, that you have prepared for us so we can walk not only through the, the trial, but become triumphant and overcoming. So we thank you for that. We ask that you do it this morning while we're together. Make something uh, wonderful t- take place. We'll bring you our ashes. <laughs> we would love to have the beauty. We'll bring you our mourning, sorrow. We would love to have your oil of joy. We'll bring you our heaviness, our despair, depression, and we would love to have your praise. We long for your provision. We know it's not within our own means to take care of ourselves. You always designed creation to depend on grace. And so we just return to grace. We return to Jesus and long for a great activation by your spirit and by your, by your power in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Blessing. I had a great meeting with our men uh, yesterday, our breakfast, and then our meeting in the sanctuary. And I shared a few things, and I felt in my spirit to start by reviewing a couple of things that are very helpful and important in our transition. How many, just so I can get a feel for who I'm talking to, how many are in transition? You know you're on your way out of an old season. You're trying to get into the new season. You don't know how to get there. Maybe you're already there. How many transition? Because usually when God moves the, 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 the body, he moves us all together. We feel like we're all alone, but we're all being moved together. I'm so much in that. I can feel the closing of a season of grace and opening of the next season of grace. I can tell there's things that no longer are the function that were my, the resource of life and blessing, and I'm trying to enter into that new, but I don't know how. And I've found in those times, you go back to the basics. You go to the primary truths of how to how to get close to the Lord because if it's uh, my mentor in men's ministry Ed Cole said and it was a statement that's always helped me all my life he said there's only two things we do in life we come in and we go out we leave and we come and we begin and he referred to Solomon when God after his father David had died, came to Solomon in a dream and said, what do you want me to, what do you want from me? And he wisely asked for, not for the life of his enemies, not for riches, not for fame. He simply said, I'm a young man. I don't know, and this is a great nation. And I don't know how to go out before them or how to bring them back. I don't know how to go out and come in. Deuteronomy 28, the blessing of Abraham that we often refer to, the categorizing of all the blessing of obedience. He said, I will bless you when you go out, and I'll bless you when you come in. How I leave determines how I enter. How I enter often determines how I leave to the next season. So it's, it's those moments that you're like, want to get, I want to get super cognitive and I really seek the Lord's face. I increase my prayer intentionality. I'm more, I'm more desperate. And I'd like to share a few things that are very practical, but I think they'll be very super, super helpful. First off, two years ago, we as men embarked on a commitment before the Lord that we would pray an hour a day, five days a week. We're going to be perfect. We've never sent a... Uh, tally sheet to find out how we do. I know we go in and out of any of those, but we have to start with a goal. Otherwise, we'll never know how close we came to it or, or, or have the, the tenacity to make ourselves do something when we don't want to do it. And with an hour of prayer, we declared, and it's scriptural, that there takes five basic 
parts of us. One of us, three, three parts us, two parts God. First is we have to give him time. I found that prayer doesn't work unless I schedule it. If I schedule it continually, I find that it becomes a pattern and I don't have to think about it because it's already a part of my day. Like I don't schedule breakfast. I kind of have gotten used to that. Well, you schedule a time. Then you bring a believing heart. A heart, the heart of man has a capacity to receive and believe what God is saying and doing. But it also has a capacity to doubt, to become despondent, to harden, to begin to be reluctant. So David said in Psalm 95, and we said, if today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't harden your heart as they did in the day of rebellion, when they couldn't hear what God was saying, wouldn't hear what God was saying. And God said, that's it. We've walked as long as I can with this generation. We're going to start with the next generation. So I bring a believing heart. Believing doesn't mean I, I, I believe it, like I really got it working. It means I accept it as truth. This is what God said, so I accept it. So I'm, I bring a believing heart, and then I bring a speaking mouth, a confessing mouth, the Bible calls it often. Confession means to say what you've already heard, what you've heard, to say the same thing. So prayer, Jesus, when he was asked by his disciples, Lord, teach us to pray, and we would hear him give us what we call the Lord's Prayer. The first statement he says is, when you pray, say. So a mouth engaged loud enough to hear yourself is a powerful form of prayer because your mind will stop to listen what your mouth is saying. If your mind is being troubled and circular thoughts that you have no means of getting out of, start talking. Uh, I do that with people when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I say, now speak in tongues. You can watch. You can speak in tongues and think about something else because it's not coming from the mind. And, and someone will say, uh, yeah, but, but, but what do you mean? And I'll, I'll, I'll do it for everybody. It's, I would like you to, in, in your mind, when I say go, count from 1 to 10. But when I then say, say your name, I want you to say your name out loud. Okay? Got it? That's easy? All right. Together. Start counting. Not out loud. Gosh, Brian, how many times have I done this with you? <laughs> Too many times. Count in your mind and then say your name. All right, let's start again. Say your name. Two Brian's right up front. I like that. Uh, what happened to the counting? It stopped, did it? it? Because you cannot think and talk. But if you talk... You have to listen to what you think, what you're saying. So that is the power of speaking, and especially we'll say in a moment, the God's word, because it will make my mind stop and pay attention. So time, believing heart, confessing, speaking mouth. Then I need Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is my helper. He's the one who comes alongside. He adapts himself to where I am but he also has access to where I am in Christ. So he has the ability to come alongside if I'm in a ditch and start with me here, but he also has the advantage of knowing where I am inside of Jesus Christ that I can't yet or will not having trouble holding my place. So he's our helper. That's what, why Jesus called him the helper, the parakletos. So I need Holy Spirit. So that's something that God provides the, third, the fifth thing and final is I need the truth. I need the word of God. Because without the word of God, we will lose our place. Uh, there's Holy Spirit and the word. If you take me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Barb, verse 13. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. I'll show you two verses. It's like the entire path of maturity in two verses. And it may... He said, but when we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. And I, in my heart, that's my thanks for all of us and all of you. You're, because 
the Lord, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning, the very beginning, before time began, that's why that song we sang is so fun to sing, because before even a thought, we were pre-known, we were pre-thought. From the beginning, chose us for salvation. So as Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you for salvation through sanctification. That's the journey of life where we are bringing our totality of ourselves, spirit, soul, body, and beginning to say, I want to live in, in uh, union, harmony, submission, agreement with truth and with Christ and from a heavenly place. That's the path of sanctification. Jesus said, Father, when he was about to leave, he said, Father, I'm praying for these you gave me. And I ask you, don't, I don't want you to take them out of the world. I just don't want you to keep them from the evil one. And therefore, sanctify them by thy truth. And then he said, your word is truth. So Jesus, in his final prayer to God before he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, fully surrendering to what was about to take place, he says, I want you to sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And then he says, for this reason, this is the pattern to which all believers will come into freedom and fullness is sanctification. I sanctify myself. So the, just a huge thing happening there. So we are chosen from the foretime for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in truth. Sanctification is this aha, whoa, wow, that's so good. Or, God, I have to touch you. Please, don't be silent. I need to hear you. Your word says, if I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, I will be saved. And so from truth, I reach out with a foundation. And I say your name, Jesus. Jesus. And before you know it, because you are and I am agreeing with God's word, saying God's word, the Spirit of God comes and makes God's word become real for us. And we go, yes, I believe. I've been heard. I've been helped. I'm going to make it. So that would be enough, just sanctification. But that's not the end game. The goal of our Papa is to bring us fully into the likeness of Jesus Christ in his resurrection. So he says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So with that high calling that's over every one of our lives, no wonder conflict will come about. And no wonder when we're entering the next season, we don't just find the door open and the banquet set. We find the door open and a new struggle, trouble. As we used to say in the Pentecostal, every, for every new level, there's a new devil. And Paul put it this way. He said, I had a great effective door of ministries open with many adversaries because it's overcoming those adversaries that have been occupying the land that of someone's heart, someone's your next season, that you have to kind of just press through. So uh, five things. Uh, give, your, give God time. Uh, I'm going to just ask you to do it right now. In a moment, I want you to just ask the Lord, do you want me to pray an hour a day? If so, how do I do it? When do I do it? Show me where to do it. And when I say pray an hour a day, I mean the Bible's included. Someday I read the Bible the whole time out loud to the Father, and that's where he is. Sometimes I'm on a journey in Scripture because he's talking to me. And why would I want to talk to God when he's talking to me? And sometimes I'm crying out because I'm having to come to ownership for the moment where I am that I don't have the resource to go where I need to be. So I'm, I'm in a deficit, so I'm acknowledging my deficit. And sometimes I'm having to just remind myself of the wonderful things he said before, and let them become new again. So I, prayer is always different, but it's within a spectrum. And I will become aware of Holy Spirit, and the truth will make me free. So something of those two will become factored in. And I can tell that I came into the kingdom because righteousness, peace, and joy kind of fill me up. 
And, and, and beloved, there's so much of life that is not yet achievable. There's so much of promise that God has not yet brought to its timing to be fulfilled and be seen. And there's some promises God gives us that we won't even see on our journey through this earth. But I want to say that every promise in Christ can be experienced in Christ. And, and you'll know you're in the right place because the kingdom of God will fill the, your room, your heart, your mind. And that's righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness means, once God said to me a number of years ago, he said, put those words into emotions because all my truth will affect your emotion. So let me, let's, let's sort out what does righteousness feel like. And um, he said, because I know when he asked me to figure it out, he does not really want my answer. He wants me to listen to hear his answer. He said, righteousness feels like it's all right. There's nothing we got to resolve. There's nothing, there's nothing hinging. You know, you're not, you're just not, you're, you're, you're right. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Peace means you're safe. In the shalom is prosperity. It's safety. It's wholeness. It means, you, okay, it's all right. Everything's in its place. I don't have to do anything that, that I'm, it's, I'm, not, I'm not failing in some crazy way. It's all made right. I'm in peace. I'm safe. And joy means I can cheer up. And, and, it, and it comes up, and, you, and you, you get in it. And that's the work of, of, of coming inside the kingdom, inside truth, the power of sanctification that's bringing us into a glory moment. And that happens. So close your eyes. Listen for a moment. Ask the Lord about your life of prayer. Is there a place, a time, a new dimension of prayer that he's introducing or returning us to the place of prayer that we got busy and couldn't, uh, didn't pay attention to take care of? Ask the Lord. Do you want me? Or, and if you're not hearing, then make the decision. If you want to pray, God will never tell you don't. Make a decision of when, will, when could I do that? When could I give God an hour? Hours is a lot, but you'd be surprised how many hours we spend doing other things that we're never aware of until we did them. But when you have a sense of the Lord saying something or you're willing to make a commitment in some way, just raise your hand so I know where we are. And then I'm going to pray, ask the Lord's blessing. If, you, if you're not sure, you can keep processing. I just don't want us to miss a moment where God might be saying, hey, it's time. Just give me an hour. I just want, I just need an hour. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm going to give this to you as a man who's uh, been a, a, a one of pursuit of prayer and have learned the discipline of prayer that turned it into a delight in my life. It's what I live to go do. It's the joy of my day. And Cammie and I go off to go pray. That's more important than being together. And then we get to share the discoveries we have with the Lord, and we often find they so dovetail and complement. So I'm going to release a blessing. If you want a blessing to have an activated prayer life, I, I don't know. I just want to give what you've given me. Father, out of, the, out of sovereignty, out of desperation, out of your calling, I heard you when I was a young man seek my face and my heart said your face I will seek out of all the struggles and the troubles and the trials and the conflicts and the heartbreaks and the missed moments and and all of it I ask that the residual of the blessing of intercourse with God enter into coming into the kingdom, the oneness. I release that prayer mantle on every heart that's crying out, I need a prayer mantle to go to the next place. A greater sense of prayer and, and active connectivity and accessibility and exchanging in Jesus' name. Now, if you will, just if you receive it, just say, Father, thank you. I receive this. I receive this. I receive a mantle of prayer. I receive a mantle of prayer. I want that mantle of prayer. I want that mantle of prayer. Babi Shabobo. Hmm. 
I'm not trying to convince anybody to get you to do something that you're going to regret doing. <laughs> Promise you won't. Truth is that when God's getting ready to do something really incredible, he discourages you. Not discourages like say, don't, don't try, but he kind of like says, are you really are you serious about it? Like Elijah and Elijah. And Elijah had to say, you know what? The prophets are all saying, hey, there's change coming on the earth. Elijah's about to go up to heaven. And Elijah would say to them, shh, I know, but be quiet. I got to keep my eyes on the place that I'm going to obtain the, mit, the mit moment. So he said, I want a double portion. And so the mantle falls down. He picks it up. And he says, okay, where is the God of Elijah? See, that's, that's how exchanges take place. They're valued, they're pursued, and then they're picked up, and they're implemented. And I believe this next month, there's going to be some great testimonies of reactivated, empowered prayer lives and change. The second thing that I need to say, and then we will close this up with three practices of this very hour. So there's probably two things I have to say. The second thing is, I shared with the men, and um, it's, it's, they're all out in the back. Two years ago, we began reading the Bible together. It began in January 2022, when we entered into a purposeful time of praise. And when I was leading, saying, okay, we're going to praise God. We need to praise God. We need to be engaged in praise, which we will close with that. I heard while I was listening, the Lord say, you've got to give them something, give the men something to praise me with. And I knew immediately what he was talking about was the book of Psalms. So we took the book of Psalms, and do we have done this before? I'm sure many of us have. You take the 150 Psalms, you take five Psalms a day, and you go through the book of Psalms in one month. And uh, we did that for two months. Then we went into the Gospels. And, and put them on a layered effect, and then we went through Acts, and then we went through the epistles, and we, we started this year with the intent to go through the New Testament three times and the Old Testament one time. So these are online. I always download them, stick them in my notes on my phone, and then I know where I'm supposed to read. Two things have happened to me. Three, well, A, I read the Bible through a few times, number of times, when I first, first 10 years of my walk. Then as I began to pastor and began to try to touch people in topical t teaching, and then, then the winds of doctrine began flowing and excitement of what's happening in the earth and what God wants to do. And next thing you know, I became, I was stayed in the scripture, but I was focused on whatever topical thing I was focused on. So I wasn't reading through it anymore. So first thing that happened to me in the book of Psalms is I got my praise back. I don't even know how. I just got my praise back. I, and I gained courage. I know I gained courage because I read it out loud to Father. I wasn't reading it to grasp the knowledge. I was reading it as a praise. And as I would read it, I became a part of it. And what was out of the mouth of David began to, out of the mouth of Steve to become transferable, and I experienced it. And I know it's the power of courage. You see, Proverbs is wisdom. Psalms is courage. And if you need courage to, in this moment of change, just start reading five psalms. It's very easy because you just count by five every day. I put them into my, and I put them into my uh, notes so that I would always know what day it is in case I miss a day. And, uh, in fact, the last two months, I'd gotten really busy, and I was just keeping up with the Bible, but I wasn't saying in the Psalms. As, you know, we've been in the book of Psalms, so we had one a day. But it was just, just there, not there, not as much. It wasn't I felt any condemnation. I felt like, well, I'm just having to deal with lots of details, so this is the amount of time I have. Oh, and incidentally, when it comes to the Bible, you can listen to Scripture, and it's the same as reading it in this kind of devotional faith position. You just kind of, so when I'm driving from Ventura to here, 20 minutes, I can hear all five chapters that we have for the day. 
And we, we put them from the New Testament, first out of the Gospel or the Book of Acts, then out of the Epistles or the Book of Revelation. Those are the, first, those are the most important. If you only can do that, skip the rest. Let the Old Testament's old. All right? It's powerfully empow, empowering. I mean, I'm just riveted in it. But if I start with the New Testament because the Old Testament teaches us who God is, his standards, his likes, his dislikes, his righteousness, what he considers wickedness, what he thinks about idolatry, and pretty much it describes the earth today and what he will do because of the earth's choice. The only difference now is that everything has been reconciled in Jesus Christ. And anyone who becomes aware of, oh, oh, I don't want to be there. All we have to do is run into Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I accept the testimony of Jesus. I accept that in the Son is life. I've, I've, I've wandered away. I haven't spent the time to hear. I've disobeyed. I receive forgiveness. Please, I confess my sin. You're faithful. You're to just and forgive my sin. And all of a sudden, you just, boom, 100%, 100% restored. Not, a, not months of regrets and re, just 100% because we've accepted the testimony that God has given of his son. I have given you eternal life, and this life is in the son. Whoever has the son has life. Test it, brothers. Test it. Try it. I accept your testimony that eternal life is in the Son of God. I receive the Son of God. I believe. God said, if you believe that I raised my Son from the dead, you're righteous. And there is no other righteousness I will even recognize. So all the good works you did, wonderful to do and need to be done. And I plan for you to live a life full of good works. But they're not righteousness. There's only one man I have accepted. And that is Jesus, the Messiah. His death in submission, his resurrection in, my, in his belief that I would and I did. And now if you believe that I did, I command righteousness. And beloved, that is so empowering because you're not got to, I don't know about you, but you have a hundred things you got to do. And you're doing 77 of them. Well, the Bible says if you, do, if you have a hundred laws that you have to do and you miss one of them, you're under the whole curse. So we don't want to live that law-related relationship. We want to be, I received the victory. I received the testimony. I receive you, Jesus. In fact, when I pray, I do not pray from where I'm standing or sitting or kneeling or walking, trying to reach God's, see if I can get a good connection. I allow my imagination to see the truth in God's Word that where Christ is, so am I, that He made me alive together. He raised us together and seated us together in heavenly places. And with the Scripture, over time, there are so many clear promises that when we come to pray, we come boldly by the blood through the veil of His flesh into the very holiest of holy places and there we are before the throne of grace. So I start there. I start there. I do, not, I do not say, well, depending on how I did yesterday, do I start about six miles back? Or do I? I know I start every single day that place. Now, if I'm aware that my conscience is convicting me and I feel like, oh, man, I'll just confess it. But then I'm immediately there before the Lord. Now, I don't learn... Psalms, courage, Proverbs, wisdom, Old Testament, the holiness of God, what, it, what, it, what requirements to have a holy nation, a holy people, to have God abide, in our, abide with us, what it, all of the prophetic, the heart of God, how he deals with it. When I read through the Scripture, I discovered that I was missing a whole bunch of the gospel. I'm just being honest. I was missing a whole lot of, I just kind of, you know, I like to read what I read, but there's a lot of parts that I read that I don't want to read. But I read it knowing Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of whatever the requirement is. Jesus Christ is the means of whatever I'm being faced with. 
Jesus Christ is the means to not have idolatry in my heart or adultery in my heart. Jesus Christ is. So I have to come. I, I, I find my way out with Jesus. I find my way in with Jesus. I find my place of identity in Jesus Christ. God's standard's not changed, but his provision has become fulfilled in the Son. So reading the Bible has revolutionized my life. And if I'm 47 years in Jesus, 66 years old on the earth, I will have, if I was to tell you one regret that I have in my journey with Jesus, I've been diligent, I've tried to hold my place, I've tried to show up every day, I've needed to find him so many ways. So I'm not, the one thing I would have done is always read through the Bible. I don't plan to ever stop reading through the Bible. We don't plan to stop in this house reading through the Bible. See, the script, faith is a now moment. The faith I had yesterday didn't come in today. I have to hear God again. The experience I have with God gives me a reference point, but I don't bring it into the future. I don't accumulate knowledge of God. God is not an information box or formula that you learn. He's a relationship. He's a person that I can know as a father in the son, that I can experience his love in the son. I can experience his joy in the son. And so I, I take the time to have that relationship with God in the son. Prayer, time, believing heart. I may not understand, but if you, everything we experience in the earth, everything you hear on the news, no matter who's, who's, position you're listening from or whose position you're trying to get to. Everything has already happened on the planet with nations, with empires, with peoples, and with Israel. And God's dealing with Israel is the pattern of his dealing with the church. So we have to understand how he disciplines covenant people. So the scripture is like, it's like a, it's like I'm not listening to noise. I'm listening to a a foundational truth that brings a lot of peace and conviction, especially when you read in the epistles of how we're supposed to treat each other and love and kindness and how we're not to live in envy and strife and we're supposed to forgive everybody every time, every way. Oh, it's, it could be exhausting, but it isn't because it's all in Jesus Christ. And you're in Jesus Christ. If you believe in the Son, you're in Jesus Christ. All we have to do is take advantage of it, activate who he is, spend the time. Beloved, I've never seen any place in the Scripture, nor will I have seen any place in my life experience with other people and myself where God's kingdom advancement happens without prayer, without the Bible, without submission to the Son. I will read this. Uh, sometimes God says to, things to me, I, they're so strong, I just got to put them down so one day I can pull them up. This week, before message started growing, uh, we were talking about the, 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 uh, everything we're going through, he put on the son. And the son was punished for everything we've done. Everything that was done to us, he was punished for. Every effect of the sin, he, it was upon him. The sickness that came out of the separation and the, the depression and the discord. Everything was on the sun. And sometimes I have to go, how do I then receive if you put it on the sun and now he's raised from the dead and no longer sick and no longer oppressed and no longer full of sin, but he's righteous, he's healed, he's delivered. How do I get over there? I want in. And often I think of it like, well, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's not the way I'm praying right or maybe I'm not spending the the kind of quality time. Maybe I didn't, maybe I said the prayer wrong. <laughs> so whenever I get something that's strong, it's very helpful to me. So I hope this will be helpful to you because a lot of times I've struggled without realizing it. I was trying to make myself righteous so that God would respond to my prayer. I was trying to make myself righteous so that what I'm doing would work. I'm trying to take more responsibility of, for, on myself rather than knowing that anything and everything that comes from the Father of light comes in the Son and through the Son and by the Son. 
So then when my life was in these t- upheavals, because all change starts with the crises. Uh, sorry, that's the truth. In Hebrew and in Chinese, this, the symbol the, of the picture for change is both a crisis and opportunity. It depends on the way we, you go in it and the way you come out of it. But it's the possibility of a crisis, the throne of grace. To obtain grace in time of need is also in time of opportunity, in time of crisis. So here's what he said. I killed my son to deal with your sin, period. This is kind of hard to believe, but that's exactly what he did. Now, you must submit to my son to deal with your sin. I'm not going to become holy on my own. I'm just going to have to accept Jesus Christ that what he did is sufficient. Does that make sense? So what that has translated, and we're closing on this, what this has changed most recently for me, because I don't know about you, but if you give sincerely to the Lord of your time and of your life and of your service or try to obey him and do what he asks, most of us will find ourselves disappointed, discouraged, rejected, in conflict, and trouble. And then the devil will always send his friends to tell us the reason we're not experiencing what we were trying to get to is because something what we're doing isn't right. And this gets you into a, it can take, take years off of your life trying to sort out, what do I do? And then when you get into that funk, your soul's the what. What's happening is your soul, my soul, is me. How could, I, how could I be here after I did that? I, I worked so hard to get there. I, I, I was so sincere. You know I was sincere. I really meant that. How could this be the outcome? As though God was the one making the decision what the outcome would be for me. So when all of that ran its course over and over and over and over and over again, I started realizing, well, if all the outcome is now in the sun, though I'm not experiencing the victory of the sun, I will not reject the truth that you say, Father, of your son. It's just simple, but it is profound. So I will be in whatever I find myself in. Some days I'm excited. Some days I'm overwhelmed. Some days I'm tired. Some days I'm just, it's just a perfect day. But whatever the day, wherever the situation, no matter the conflict, I come to my father and I say, Father, I worship you for the provision of the son, Jesus Christ. For without the Son, Jesus Christ, there is no life. I accept that he is my salvation, healing, and deliverance, and the answer to everything I'm presently being pushed against and need to have break forth. I will not come out of agreement with what you've accomplished and that victory is in the Son, joy is in the Son, peace is in the Son, healing is in the Son, deliverance is in the Son. My next step is in the Son. And I'll just do that. Not to get God to butter him up, it's just truth. And there's no reason to separate from truth. Although truth may not work, after a while, truth will make us free. So it's really helped me. It's a little bit of maturity. I mean, it's taken me all these years just to get this little bit of maturity to say, I'm not blaming you, and I'm not questioning you, and I'm not wondering where were you, and why aren't you doing anything, and I'm not going to accuse you. I will be honest, but I will acknowledge what you've done is complete. So the problem is inside of me, the receiver. But it's not because I'm doing something wrong that therefore God won't do something good. Because you do everything good because of what you accomplish in the Son. So it's more of a receiving. I need to receive more of Jesus. Thank you. And then lately, oh, and then here we're going to close. We read in, in Hebrews 7, this is maybe like, wow, I don't know how this means anything. But if you'll accept anything you read and I'll bring it back to God and say it out loud, thank him for what he said, accept it as truth without knowing what it means, accepting the Bible, cherishing it. First go to the Scripture, then the news. Go to Ezekiel before you hear any prophet on, on, online. Really just start to prioritize the king. 
the answer, the solution. There is no other answer, no other way, no other truth but Jesus Christ. And you start to value that. All of a sudden, God will start saying, watch this. Here, this is how I accomplish that. This is why I can do this. This is the reason I can get there. This is how I get there. This is what I'm going to do. Just, just keep following me. Just keep showing up. So here's the key. Hebrews chapter 7 says that Jesus, now as our high priest, is able to save us to the fullest, to the uttermost, to however far salvation we need it to work. He's able to bring salvation to the uttermost to us as we come to God through him. I do not come to God without him. I do not, and I come to God through him. Now, when I'm coming to God through Jesus, Jesus, I'm, I'm coming to you, Father. I'm coming to you in Jesus, what you accomplished. I'm coming to you in the work you've accomplished. Just use your mouth. Mouth, mouth, mouth. Believe, believe, believe. Mouth, mouth, mouth. Believe, believe, believe. Believe. Mouth, mouth, believe. You just, you, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of disconnect today. I mean, people are not paying any attention to what they're saying. Everything you say, you will be judged for. So you've got to watch what you say. And whatever you say is a fruit of your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But you go, oh, I've got to change the way I speak. Then you've got to change what you believe. You've got to fill the heart with something that, that begins to become what you say. And the more you say the word, the word so, is sown in your heart. The more it's sown in your heart, the more it starts to grow up in your mouth. The more it sprouts in your mouth, the more it gets sown in your heart. And over time, then fruit starts bearing. So he says he's able to save us to the uttermost, to us who come to God through him because he's ever living to make intercession for us. Now, intercession, we would tend to think, okay, I'm two minutes and then we're going to pray. It's like, you know, what we think of intercession, which is very much a part of it when it's functioning in, in someone before the Lord as we do and we lift up someone we love or we're in a situation we don't know how to get to the next side, and we're just really intense, and we're trying to come into a faith, and to encounter, to experience the Word. And we're then that we're praying, and it can be like sweat, like drops of blood coming. It's just intense. It can be like carrying a burden that you don't know what to do to get to undone. It's seeking, a, seeking an experience that you don't know how to get to. That's intercession, for sure. For sure. But the thing about Jesus... He's already got it all. <laughs> he already did it. He already is at the throne. So who's he interceding over? It's us. So it's not a... He's interrupting our life. Whenever I think of intercession of Jesus, means that Jesus is going to enter into my conversation and talk to me. He's going to tell me about truth, about what he has accomplished and the Father has, uh, has accomplished through him and now what he is doing for us. And I come out of my wrong thinking into right thinking. I come out of my, you know, overwhelmness into his triumph. I come into my misinterpretation of the event to his reinterpretation of where I am. I actually get to the place where I start thanking him for the miserable place I'm in. Because I realize the miserable place is only my journey of discovery of who he is. I can either find me or I can find him. I find me all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You find yourself all the time. Get in, get in a line at Costco. There you are again. Get in traffic. There I am again. Get an overburden, you know, somebody asking more of you than you can give. Oh, there I am again. But if I find Jesus, whoa. So praise, proclaim. I thought, forgot the third P. Praise, proclaim, and power. That was the title of the message. Praise matters when we give it to God and give him who he is and begin to say, this is who you are. Proclamation means you give some substance to it, thickness, some verbiage, some words, some description. Better yet, scriptures, just reading out loud. Power comes because the Spirit of God comes to the situation. He's, a, he's actively awakening the truth. 
to demonstrate the truth, to make it experiential. I believe these are so fundamental, but they're so important for us because whenever I leave an old season to get to the new season, I have to go back to the very central truth and reactivate them because I get not always there. So can we stand together? Are you, would you like, can we try it together? Just, I know many of you have had many seasons of prayer. But this one is a new one. I'm going to batizo. If I, I will lead us in some prayer. If you'll say the words with me, after me, then, and they be your prayer, then it becomes that much more effective than if I just pray it for you and you haven't spoken with your own mouth and let your heart say, yes, I agree. So what we want to do, so you, I'm not leading you some crazy place. We want to accept Jesus Christ as, as God's all supremacy, all sufficiency for everything and believe that God raised him from the dead, having paid by his life for our sin, sickness, diseases, accept that. Then we want to acknowledge <clears throat> that we need this to be experiential. In other words, this is great to know this, but I need help right now. Here's where I am. And I need you. And I'm, I'm pressing in. And then we want to just acknowledge that the Word of God is truth, and we would love for it to become alive in us again and show us how to, how to, how to, how to, lead, to go forward in the Scripture. And then lastly, which is everything, Hebrews 13, 15, says, By Him, by Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of our mouth, giving thanks to his name. And literally, it means the fruit of our mouth saying his name. And we're just going to, as we close, we'll just start to say Jesus. And every time you say his name, picture yourself, as many as you will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not just to get born again. That's to every moment from every step forward. Jesus. I found myself for about an hour just a few days ago in this quandary of how do I go where you are leading and how do I come out of where I've been and how do I follow you when I don't know how to produce what you're saying. And I just started saying, Jesus, Jesus. And every time I said his name, I I realized I was doing everything. I was saying salvation, healing, deliverance. So a simple prayer together. Dear Father, thank you for your son who became my sin, my sickness, my disease, my discouragement, my defeat, everything bore the price died in my place and you raised him from the dead and have made him my Lord and I believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead by God my Father and I receive what you have accomplished thank you for your word it is truth and it makes me free I need your word. I receive your word. I accept your word. I want to learn your word. I want to study your word. I want to know what you've said that leads me to Jesus. For I need what you've provided in Jesus. Father, here are some of my real needs. What I'm stressing over I'm trying to figure out what to do about. Here they are. And we just quietly just go ahead and tell the Lord anything you want to say. Any personal struggle, any, any decision, any financial, any emotional sickness pressing against you won't really. Just, but I need you here. I need you to come to this place. Once you've said it, and again, it's always saying it loud enough that you can hear yourself. 
want you to this life. I need your help here. Now just let's begin to say his name. We call on his name. Jesus. Jesus. But you don't have to be quiet on this. You don't have to be loud either. But just say his name. Jesus. 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 We had a children's revival. And we used to teach children where they're so easy to be led. And we basically said, listen, what if you were on a, on a, a desert island and there, there came an airplane flying over? What would you do to be heard, to be seen? And we gave imagery. Jesus. 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 Yeah. Imagery. Jesus. 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 Oh, yes. Jesus. Sometimes you have to do these things by yourself because they feel kind of awkward in the group. But whether you do it in a group often or do it by yourself often, it's just a matter of repetition. The more we repeat, the more it becomes a new place we get to dwell in. So I want to release a blessing for supernatural repetition in our daily life of this encounter, of these truths, and then send us on our way. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you bless each and every one of us here in the sanctuary, online, and whoever will catch us later, that there would be an activation of everything you have said and an activation of everything we've just experienced, and we would have a repetition. We would begin to have a repetition until it became a habit, until the habit became not only uh, something we could do, but we got skillful in it, and we found greater success and greater reward. We declare repetition to perfection. In Jesus' name, amen.